season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another episode of the Double Point Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. That'd be greatly appreciated. If you can give us a rating, if you can give us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we are doing the worst division in football. I don't know. If, I think it is. I think it's uh, widely known as the worst division in football today, the AFC South Division Preview, as our division preview series continues on. My co-host, Mr. Eric Warner, is with us. Warnsy, are you pumped up to talk about this division or what? Uh, I think there, there are some topics worth talking about in this division for sure. Um, but before we get going, i got a question for you. Do you predict the AFC South being better or worse than the 2020 NFC East? Um, I think it's got to be better, right? The AFC NFC East was really bad last year, correct? Like, you know, yeah, I mean, just, uh, the the stats from last year. I'm trying to remember how, where everyone finished. Like, the Giants are six and ten in second place last year, so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. No. They're, they're, they'll be better than the NFC East from last year. I yeah. don't think the NFC East is going to be close to as bad as it was last year. So that's why yeah. I think this is, the AFC South is kind of on an island as the worst division of football this year. Yeah. But maybe we shouldn't we shouldn't hype it up that much as the worst division. But considering last year the NFC East was that bad, like it's still still going to have a playoff team in the Tennessee Titans or the Indianapolis Colts that. I think we'll probably be an underdog in a playoff game, but they're still going to be in the playoffs, right? Hey, we'll see. You'll have to find out in about 25 minutes when I give you my Colts rant. All right. <laughs> All right, we're going to start off with the Houston Texans, but before we do that, CoolBet is sponsoring this podcast today. It is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use the positive code DOINK. D-O-I-N-K, Doink, for a 100% welcome bonus up to $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code Doink, D-O-I-N-K, Doink. And CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet, stay cool and bet responsibly. Okay, so I'm going to kick us off with the Houston football Texans. I feel like I'm calling every team in the league this year, the the city, then football, then their logo, but whatever, we're going with it. Houston football Texans kicking us off today. They finished four and twelve last year. Um, they did fire Bill O'Brien. Um, I can't remember exactly. Was it four games in? When did he get fired last year, Warnsy? Sounds about right. Yeah, four it was early, right? It was early. Yeah, he was out of there early. Um, and they kind of never recovered. Um, they were uh they were a bad football team last year, and it all was kind of set up. For the Houston Texans to kind of have a good offseason, build around Deshaun Watson, bring in a new exciting young head coach or just exciting head coach in general, and then 
that did not happen. Uh, there was a, a lot going on in Houston this offseason. It was kind of an overall disaster, if that's the only way I can put it. Deshaun Watson, as of right now, is facing 22 civil lawsuits accusing him of sexual assault and other misconduct. I believe 10 of those have actually been filed against the Houston, um, to the Houston Police Department against Deshaun Watson. So even criminal charges could potentially be laid against him. That whole situation is a complete and utter mess. No one really has an idea of what's going on, when that when if any criminal uh, charges will be filed against them. And it doesn't seem like Deshaun Watson will be in court for the civil lawsuits, at least until the early 2022. So it still has a long way to go before it gets figured out. But he still can play football. And will he play football this year? I have a hard time believing that Deshaun Watson is going to take a snap in Houston or anywhere this year. I know this might be a conversation for another day, but since I'm doing Houston, I do have to bring that up. I don't know. I, I have a hard time seeing Houston starting him here. Just in general, we'll start there. Look, the, the, right now, as of today, he has been, I believe, at like four or five practices. He was back today. He took like a four-day break. He's kind of in and out. It doesn't look like they are. They have him. Um, they're interested in having him in the plans, or him is even interested in being there as well. So both sides kind of butting heads. As of right now, it looks like uh, Tyrod Taylor will start at quarterback week one. Um, let's continue on with uh, what else they did this offseason. Uh, they brought in Lovey Smith, Warnsy. He is, yeah. yep, former Bears defense coordinator or former Bears head coach, will be the first year defense coordinator in Houston. More on that later. Tim Kelly returns as for his third season as offensive coordinator from last year. Jack Easterby is still running the show in Houston. If you haven't or don't know who he is, or if you have any idea what we're talking about here, Give Jack Easterby a Google search and read up on him. I'm sure you won't be disappointed in kind of how he got to where he is. It's it's crazy that this guy is still in charge. He brought Nick Casario in to be the GM, and together Nick Casario and Jack Easterby are kind of running a really awkward, weird show. I don't know how else to put it. They did out a weird offseason, just even without the Sean Watson stuff in general, what decisions they made this offseason have been kind of head-scratching. But let's move on. To the 2021 version, Texans, uh, they were ranked 13th in offensive DVOA last year. Tim Kelly is a very pass-heavy offensive coordinator, likes to get the ball out early, um, early and often. They threw the ball 62.4% of the time on first down, which was the third highest rate in the NFL behind only the Chiefs and Bills. In my opinion, that is going to become more of a trend in the NFL. The more teams throw on first down, the more success rate that they have. Just look at those three offenses, right? Um, Houston, uh, Kansas City, and Buffalo, both were all good offenses last year. Even though Houston was very bad, they did have a good offense last season. Um, the running backs, however, are not very good. Uh, you were bringing in David Johnson, who was arguably one of the worst running backs in the NFL last year. He was 61st out of 70 eligible quarterbacks in success rate. Philip Lindsay is also back. It's also on the roster. He was in Denver last year. He was 69th out of 70 eligible running backs last year in success rate. So the running backs are not very good. If they want to have a successful offense this year, my guess is Deshaun or is uh, Tyron Taylor will be a big part of their run game. Uh, on the as a right tackle position, this is going to be their kind of their only new spot on the offensive line. Um, excuse me, sorry, Justin Britt will be the center who is was out of the NFL last year. He will be starting at center this year. And then on the right tackle position, Tyus Howard. Tyus Howard, who was a first-round pick, I believe, two years ago, is going to be battling with Marcus Cannon, who was brought in this offseason for a training camp battle. So those two spots will be new on the offensive line. Could be a, could be not a bad offensive line. Like, you got mm -hmm. you got uh, mm -hmm. you got Laramie Tunzel on the left side of the ball, one of the most young 
kind of exciting offensive tackles in the league. So their offensive line could be a strength. It all depends on kind of how it plays out. They were 19th in pass block win rate last year, so they weren't too bad. And then, uh, again, like if you if you have uh, Tyrod Taylor moving the pocket and whatnot, if Tim Kelly can get a better offense going, then we'll see how this offense can run. Um, Nico Collins, rookie wide receiver, they trade up four in the third round. And Brandon Cooks are most likely going to be the two starting wide receivers. Day one, Brandon Cooks quietly had a pretty good year last year, Warren Z. He wasn't bad at all. He had um, over 1,100 yards receiving. He was 19th in the NFL in, in – uh, and yards per route run out of 111 eligible receivers. So that's way ahead of the pack. That's in the top percentile in the league. He's coming back. So I, I actually don't think their offense in, in general is going to be that bad if they can keep the ball and wow. they can not turn the ball over. Like, it, yeah, I know Tyrod Taylor is going to be yeah, he's part of this, but Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. He only has a 1.4% interception rate, which is very low. Um, he, But he doesn't really bring much to you. Like, you just take a look back at his last two stops. He replaced by rookies the last two places he's been. So clearly he is probably in the bottom half, um, and even the bottom third of starting quarterbacks in the NFL if he does line up week one, which is what both of our guesses is going to be. Um, their offense might be okay. We'll see. But their defensive side of the ball is where it does get ugly. They were 30th in DVOA last year, 29th on both, both passing DVOA and rush defense DVOA. So they didn't do anything really well last year. Again, like I said earlier, Lovey Smith back in the fold in the NFL after a five-year run as Illinois head coach. He Last time he was in the NFL, Warren Z, he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2014-2015. He finished 19th in DVOA in both those seasons. He is a 4-3 heavy zone defense. So he's not bringing a lot of blitzing. He's a lot of kind of get four at the quarterback, drop um, – drop five deep in coverage. That is kind of defense that he plays defense. He brought to Illinois and the defense he's going to be running here, um, running here in Houston. They made some free agent signings. They brought in Christian Kirksey, Terrence Mitchell and Desmond King. They do have Zach Cunningham, who was the leading tackler in the NFL last season. But besides that, the talent on the defensive side of the ball is very thin. Their cornerback room is ugly. Bradley Roby, Terrence Mitchell and Desmond King is I'd say we talked with the Jets um, a couple episodes ago with our first division preview episode. I'd say them and the Jets probably have the worst cornerback talent in the NFL as of right now. They did trade also for Jack Lawson, who is going to be looking to basically replace their franchise leading um, franchise leader, probably franchise's best player in J.J. Watt, who also left the building this offseason. He's going to kind of step into that role. Not a lot to talk about the defensive side of the ball. I think it's going to be ugly there. Don't expect them to be in the bottom three or bottom four defenses in the NFL um, this year. So overall outlook, it's tough to say. Like I, I, they're all, I was expecting to hate this team more when I when I started this uh, when I started researching this yesterday. I was expecting to not like this team as much as I kind of do. Like I think their offense does have some potential. I do think let's say if Tyrod Taylor. This offense does just get moving, and they have like a fifteenth and the and the fifteenth offense, even just mediocre. I think they can kind of weather the storm. I don't think they're going to be kind of just like Owen seventeen, like some people are predicting. I've even seen that predictions on like ESPN Fox where they're predicting they're not going to win a game. I don't think so. I think they're going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be that bad. Uh, David Cully is a well-respected head coach across the NFL. He's been with the Ravens organization for a very long time. He was actually with the Eagles organization even going 10 years back. So I do think there will be some respect just to him. 
I'd expect them kind of be where they were last year. And that five, like, there was an extra game this year. They were four and twelve last year, so look for about five and twelve or like a four and thirteen record. Probably picking very high in the draft. And then again, like we have no idea how this quarterback situation is going to look out. There's so much question marks with this football team. It's kind of just like pushing through this season. Let's get ready for 2022. You're way too high on this offense, man. Yeah. Way too high on this offense. Like they're going from Deshaun Watson to Tyrod Taylor. Last year, Deshaun Watson threw for over 4,800 yards. 4,800. Are you telling me that you think Tyrod Taylor can come even close to that? I don't know at all, but I do think they're going to play around in strengths. Like I do think they'll they'll run sort of like they'll have like a him on the him on the move. Yeah, they're not going to be Warnsy. Like I said at the beginning, they were twelfth in DVOA last year with the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think they're going to be like that. I think they're going to take a step back, but I don't think it's going to be like bottom three of the league. Like I do think oh. they're in that. I think they're in the seventeenth to twentieth right, DVOA at the end of the year. Oh, I think it's going to be that steep of a step to go from the best quarterback in the league last year or top five quarterback in the league to a bottom five quarterback in the league. That's going to be a way bigger uh, drop off. They also lost Will Fuller, who really stretched the field. That was a big reason why Brandon Cooks was able to get open in those media or medium routes. So I expect regression from Brandon Cooks. Um, the running back group, which you mentioned, is abysmal uh the only positive i have on this offense is a mediocre offensive line but i have i have this offense as a bottom five offense i have this defense as a bottom five defense I so think you're really down on them then like you're yeah you're like, the dumps on the texans i have two wins like projection okay. and even that like just looking at their through their schedule like i don't think they'll be favored one time this season they'll be i can agree with that game. Every single that. game they play, they'll be an underdog. Um, maybe at home versus the Jags, it's a spread under two type thing. But still, like this, this offense, this roster is really bad. And when Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills is going to be your quarterback, I I can't see this team getting to even five wins. So the Jets were two and four. So who was the worst team in football? The Jaguars were one and fifteen last year. Like, yeah. I don't I don't see a team being one in fifteen again this year. Like I just I think the competition in general is just closer. So like I don't think four and thirteen is a crazy record prediction for them. But they got so, worse. I know, but like again, like I do think there's just some sort of stability there with Tyrod Taylor and Tim Kelly going into his third year. You like I do believe the Will Floor loss is big, but I do think Brandon Cooks is still gonna get a ton of targets. He's still a talented receiver, he'll figure out ways to get open. And I, I, I might be just putting too much trust in Tim Kelly here. He's an offensive scorer I do really like. And the more I read up on him yesterday, I like him a lot. I just like the way that he passes early on first downs. It looks like he plays to his players' strengths. I just, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to get their ass kicked all year. Like I, I just, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think passing on first down would not be one of Tyrod Taylor's strengths. Yeah, but it depends on how you do it. There's different ways to pass on first down. Like, you don't have to be airing it deep. Like, you can get the ball out early. You screen games. Like, there's different ways to do it. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many different ways to win in the NFL. Again, you make a great point with just how good Watson was last year. But, like, I don't think the run game is going to be terrible as well. Like, if they mix Tyrod Taylor in that run game, that opens it up for David Johnson and Philip Lindsay. Like, I just – I, I just I think they're going to be competent on the offensive side of the ball. Like I do think there's going to be some competence there. Defense side of the ball, I completely agree with you. I think they're going to get they're going to get slaughtered on defense, but I do think the offense should be able to keep it close. And like 
Like one in 17, I don't think, or one in 16, like that's not going to happen this year in the NFL, I don't think. A Jacksonville is yeah. terrible. Yeah, like, like, I, you know we're going to talk like, about them in a minute. Yeah, like so like I don't think there will be another Jacksonville last year. I don't think there's going to be another Jets this year. I don't think Houston yeah. Texans are going to take that reign. I just I, – I have, I have faith. And David Colley, I have some sort of faith in that. And just like playing for just like pride, you know, you got a new first year head coach, just like don't get your ass kicked every game. And I do think that will be kind of the motto this this year. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I might be talking myself into it. You might be completely right. We might be laughing at me at the end of the year, but who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We've talked yeah. way too much about this. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Talk, talk to me about the first overall pick here. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they went 1-15 last year, and I'm still bitter about their one win because it cost me my survival, survivor pool last year in week one. Still bitter about that. But no team has lost more football games over the last decade than the Jacksonville Jaguars. However, there's finally some reason for hope, and that's due to the golden boy, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Jaguars shocked many people this offseason by hiring Urban Meyer and basically handling handing him the keys to the car. Uh, you and I were both not Urban Meyer guys. Uh, it remains to be seen if he can be NFL coach. The track record of college guys coming into the NFL, it's pretty dicey. I mean, Pete Carroll has had some success. Jim Harbaugh had a little bit of success in San Francisco, but the list of coaches who did not have success from coming from college is a lot longer than those who did have success. Uh, the Jags have done a nice job providing Lawrence with a solid stable of pass catchers. DJ Chark is a fine player in a contract year. I expect uh, good things from him this year. Second-year player LaVisca Chenault flashed as a rookie, and they added a nice veteran Marvin Jones to round out the group. I like that stable of wide receivers. Yeah, not terrible. And, like, I love Chenault. We, like, this is a guy I loved before the draft. I'm so excited to watch him play this year. Yeah, he's got some juice uh, the Jags' run game was 19th in DVOA last year. James Robinson had over 1,000 yards, but he only ranked 62nd out of 70 players in terms of success rate. Maybe that was why the Jags reached like crazy on t and used 25th overall pick on Travis Etienne. Um, they used that high of a pick on him. I'm assuming Etienne's going to be a player, an impact player right away. The O-line is bringing back all five starters from last year, so the hope is continuity brings an improvement. Uh, the group was a lot better in run block than pass block. They were 11th in adjusted line yards last year, but 25th in pass block win rate. And that's that's what scares me. If you're If they don't improve on that pass block, I'm scared for Trevor Lawrence in his first year. And it's really tough to know how any rookie quarterback will do. The pass protection has to improve if he's going to have success immediately. Uh, if there was a tight end room that Tim Tebow has a chance of cracking, it would be this one. Chris Manherty, James O'Shaughnessy, and fifth-round rookie Luke Farrell are all blocking tight ends. But I still – I I can't see Tebow making the team. What, what do you think about that? I think Tebow's like I, I haven't really heard much about training camp. I can't say I think Jax is probably the least team of followed so far. So I don't really have a take yet. It'll probably probably gonna take a couple preseason games for anyone to kind of get a read on that. No. Yeah, I mean they don't have anything at the position. Yeah, I'll still be shocked if he makes the team, but 
Uh, that's your Tim Tebow update. If he's there week one, I'm betting on him for any time touchdown. You best believe that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and using your stats from the AFC East uh, uh, episode, only seven of 31 rookie QBs have performed at an above average clip over the last decade. Ironically, the best rookie season we have seen in terms of EPA per play was Dak Prescott. And if you remember his rookie year, that was when Dallas Cowboys had the elite, elite O-line. Clear correlation there. I don't think we will see the best of Lawrence until his protection is improved. But that being said, every single category in terms of a prospect, Lawrence is off the charts. You heard it on the draft episodes we did. He's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. He's got the arm. He's got the size. He's got the legs. He's got the IQ. He has every every trait you want in a quarterback. He has. I, I can't wait to watch this guy play. And basically, if this team's going to have any chance this season at doing anything, Lawrence is going to have to be superhuman right out of the gate because this defense, uh, there there's some holes. Uh, the unit last year finished 31st in DVOA. And although we do have some turnover, I don't know if it's improved. Miles Jack and Joe Sherbert are really the only positives on this side of the ball. They're the two linebackers, but they really lack depth behind those two guys. The D-line ranked 11th in pass rush win rate, but they still ended the year with the fewest sacks in the league. Josh Allen is the best player of the group, but he missed most of last year with a knee injury. Kalevon Chason, their first-round pick from last year, he was basically invisible in year one. They really needed to see a jump from him. He was big, awful. I think he was statistically like the worst pass rusher in football last year. Yeah, he, he was yeah. borderline invisible. Yeah. Uh, the big free agent acquisition was Shaquille Griffin, who will be paired with C.J. Henderson. Uh, second round pick Tyson Campbell is expected to start right away at slot corner. And third round safety Andre Sisko is as well playing. So he's a safety, sorry, Sisko is. So this is a really young secondary. You got second-year player in Henderson, and two rookies starting at corner and safety. Overall, there's a little bit of talent on this defense for first-year defensive coordinator Joe Cohen to work with. He was the D-line coach for the Ravens for the last decade, so I like poaching from that organization. But when you realize how young this defense is, mixing that with a first-time defensive coordinator and a first-time NFL head coach, I expect a lot of growing pains early for this unit. And there's, there's just still too many holes on this roster for even a guy like Trevor Lawrence to overcome. I I think they're a year away from maybe being playoff uh, contenders next year, but this is this is going to be a long year for the Jags, in my opinion. So are you in on this Urban Meyer experiment, or are you out on this Urban Meyer experiment? Like, I'm not a fan of it, but I think Trevor Lawrence has so much talent that he's going to make Meyer look good. Do you know what I mean? Like... I can't I can't see this offense being a bottom five unit, like a a horrific unit. We I mentioned the wide receiver talent that they have paired with Lawrence. They they should be at best, uh, I mean at worst, a mediocre offense. So I I don't think that Meyer's gonna look bad in his first year, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I got I do I do agree that the first year, like I think stuff could pop early and then they can kind of like just slowly get get like they're not like kind of I, I don't know if this is a good example but in 2016 the Eagles 
the first year with Wentz started three and zero, then they lost seven in a row, and they finished like seven and nine. I could kind of see like a similar path. Like I think early on, like this new Urban Meyer offense, people are going to be kind of wowed by it. Maybe they win their first two games of the year. You know, they're the talk of the town, and then they kind of fall back down to earth, kind of thing. Like I, I think that could be a pathway yeah. for them. Just, I, I'm going to reiterate this. I think hiring Urban Meyer might have been one of the worst decisions that this organization could have made. I think there were way more coaches um, out there that they could have uh, went after. Like, look, you got the number one prospect, one of our court, number one quarterback prospect walking in the door. Like, just don't do anything stupid. And then going to hire, hire Urban Meyer is as big as a home run swing as it could possibly take. I don't think it was needed. I think it was unnecessary. He has had many, many red flags. If you just want to go look up, we're not going to get into it right now, but if you want to just go look up what he's done and what has happened in his career, like you just even bring into Tim Tebow, drafting Travis Etienne in the first round. Like it's just like, I don't, not a huge fan of decision-making even this, when he's got in here and just the red flags in the past, it just, they don't, doesn't do it for me. I, I think he's out. I, 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 if I was to make a, if I was to take money to, Cool back Canada, make a bet on when he's out as a coach. I think it's year two, he's out. I don't see a lot of success happening here. I think early they might pop, but I don't know. I'm not a not not a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Yeah, it it just seems like such a hit or miss hiring hire with Urban Meyer. Um, I didn't bring it up, but he he made a really curious decision. He brought in Iowa's strength and conditioning coach early and um immediately got backlash because this coach um players at iowa spoke up calling him racist and they had to they so they fired him immediately before he even Mm -hmm. stepped foot in the jaguars building so i mean he he didn't get off to the best start (laughs) but i tell you i just think trevor lawrence is just gonna he's gonna take all the pressure off meyer i'm excited for lavisca chanel though Guy I really like, guy I really like to the college. Really looking to see how Urban Meyer uses him. Like I said, Urban Meyer's offense will be okay. Like he's got, I think he runs a fun offense. We'll see how he kind of implements it. And and here in, uh, in the NFL, just not a fan of the hire. And I kind of hope it does kind of fall back in their face because I can say I told you so. All right. Indianapolis Colts, let's get into the kind of the heart of the division here. Indianapolis Colts are going on to their fourth quarterback. In four years, Warnsey, they are going with my boy or my old boy, Carson Wentz. They traded him for a second round, a conditional first round pick. Um, that can turn into a second and a third round pick this offseason to bring in Carson Wentz and his big fat contract and his uh and his and his basically his whiny ability to get out of Philly. I, I uh, my my Wentz take has kind of changed. Like what happened? when he wanted to get out of Philly, just like it didn't sit right with me how it all kind of went out. Like him, he basically forced himself out of Philly. Like that's how I look at it. So anyways, I don't want to get into it right now. <laughs> I don't want to get into a rant here. Yeah. I can go forever. All right. They're uh last season they finished eleven and five. They lost um they lost uh, in the playoffs uh they to the Buffalo Bills in the first game. Uh Frank Reich is coming in as his fourth season as head coach. They went twenty he's been twenty eight and twenty since he's been there. Um Great head coach, great offensive mind. Uh, really, I have a lot of faith in Frank Craig. We were bringing Marcus Brady to be their uh, offense coordinator for the first time. And Matt Eberflus returns as four-season defensive coordinator. Watch out for him. He's probably getting head coaching jobs next offseason. That's definitely a name to keep in mind. He almost got – he had a couple of interviews this offseason, so they're lucky to have him back as a one of the better defenses in football last year, which I'll get into, but let's start with the offense. They were 12th in DVOA last year. 
They're returning four of their five starters on the offensive line. Eric Fisher was signed to play left tackle. Um, as uh, who retired at left tackle? I can't exactly remember. Costanza. Costanza. Yes, yeah, so he retired. Bringing in Eric Fisher. He tore his Achilles in the NFC Championship game last year, so not 100% sure if he's going to be back week one. In the meantime, Sam Tevy would be starting there. Don't know if that's – I don't know if Carson Wentz is too happy with that, but we'll um, we'll see. Uh, Eric Fisher might be able to play week one. My guess is Sam Tevy does have to play a couple games to kick it off, though. Um, this team kind of – this team kind of went away from the passing game as the season went on, as maybe Phil Rivers got tired and his arm shank wore down, who knows. But they kind of formed more into a, in a run-first offense. They ranked 12th in rushing DVOA last year. I'm assuming they're going to continue to ride that early just considering how good Jonathan Taylor was last year. He was awesome. Like Down the stretch, he was the best running back in football over the last four to six games. He had 1,169 yards at a 5.0 yards per carry route, which is awesome as a rookie back. Again, I'm assuming he's going to be the focal point of that offense. The one thing that is curious is they were 20th in run block win rate, so it kind of goes to show just how good Taylor was. Like He had to do a lot of the carrying himself. Like The offensive line didn't like help him out too much. Um, he, uh, I'm assuming that will get better, though. I'm assuming Frank Reich, that's a, that was a focal point of this offense. Yeah, sure the offensive line was on uh, on the same page. Is that offensive line starting to maybe be a little overrated? Like oh, we're gonna get, we're gonna get into it. Hold, yeah, hold their that metrics last year a little surprising. Yeah, hold on to that for one more minute. Um, I'll get to it. Um, so yeah, so I'm assuming they're gonna, they're, I'm assuming they're gonna kind of focus on the run. They do have um, Naeem Hines as well coming on the backfield. The guy I really like. Um, he's he's an exciting player. He's more of a passing back though, but I'm assuming he will get more running touches this year as well to keep Jonathan Taylor fresh. He's gonna be kind of the second. He's going to be a second back there. Um, yeah, so let's get into kind of the, the 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 juice of the offense. It's all going to come down to Carson Wentz, straight up. This is all this whole entire offense is going to see if the worst quarterback in football last year can return to how good he was in 2018, 2019, 2017. Um, looking at Carson Wentz's QBR um, over the, the last four years, 2017 he was first, 2018 he was 12th. 2019 he was 11th and in 2020 he was 28 so that regression from let's say 2018 to 20 is 16 spots i don't i think that's an outlier like i i have i do have faith that carson Wentz is not going to be the 28th worst qbr in the nfl i'm assuming he can get back to the 2018 2019 form i'm assuming as well that 2017 out of the question that was an outlier as well Carson Wentz is probably in that 15th QBR range, and that's what Frank Reich is probably nailing on to get back to that. And if you look at Phillip Rivers' stats last year, he was 19th in QBR. So if they can just get to that, then their offense can take off a little bit more because they can. Wentz can also get out of the pocket. They could do more things with him. Now, the downsides to this. Carson Wentz has 58 fumbles over the last five seasons. That is eight more than any other player in the NFL. And a lot of people say, hey, that had to do with the Eagles' offensive line. Um, it had to do with coaching um, and many other aspects. You may be right. But this is interesting. Here's where we get to it. The Eagles' offensive line finished 10th in pass block win rate last year. 10th. And Wentz was the worst quarterback in football. So it was a lot of it was on him. It was not the, NFL, it was not the Eagles. The Colts' offensive line finished 11th in pass block win rate last year. So they were worse than the offensive line he had last year. So if you're going to make the argument that Carson Wentz is going to just going to fall behind this offensive line and just magically all of his problems are going to go away, 
That's wrong. Correct? Yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree. And the one thing that I wanted to say, I liked how you brought up the QB rating in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. And I don't think it's fair to just assume that that regression from 2019 to 2020 was was just an abnormally. I think it was all due to injuries, and he's injured again. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. To expect for him to go back to 2018, 2019, Carson Wentz, I, I don't think that's a, a surefire thing just because his body is wearing down on him. He's he's gotten a head injury uh foot injury what back injury like it's it's not just one thing bugging him like his whole acl toward acl, toward ACL. <laughs> yeah. his, whole, his whole body is breaking down on him yeah uh the injury thing is curious like so apparently he was back at camp him and um quinton nelson were back at training camp today no walking boots they've already had the surgery so i don't know like it's looking more trending more towards that it's actually when we were and i was wrong a couple of days ago about him like being out 12 weeks we'll see but like you're, you're right like what if the colts come in like, what if, like because we both know carson wentz isn't all mentally there that's been a lot of his issues let's say sam ellinger like this is a this is a crazy take here but sam ellinger for instance let's say he wins three games for the colts right and then yeah. wentz is gonna come in right like the pressure might be too much for him like there's so much under outlined factors of how Carson Wentz can play football this year. It's the, the possibilities in my opinion are endless. Like the, just the wide range of outcomes. It could yeah. be anything. He could be the worst quarterback in the NFL. He could be 2017 once again, he could be 2018 once again. I just, I, I don't have, I, I think there's a middle ground there, but again, who knows? Yeah. My, I guess what I'm just, the point I'll continue to emphasize is he's got to be on the field for yeah. him to, to get back to one of the, to his previous, QBRs, but we'll see. Tell me about the defense. Yeah, so I'll touch on the defense quickly. Um, not a lot of change from last year. The Indianapolis Colts had 13 players from last year play at least 500 snaps last season. They're bringing back 10 of them. Like this defense is coming back in full force. They were seventh in DVOA last year. Of course, this defense can be anchored by two guys. They have two kind of blue chip players on the defensive side of the ball. DeForest Buckner, who was spectacular last year, there's an out, uh, uh, unbelievable trade for them. He looks to be a cornerstone of this franchise going forward. And then they just signed Darius Leonard, linebacker, another blue chip guy on this team. Five years, $99 million, over $4 million guaranteed. So those two guys are going to be the focal point, not even the defense, just the leaders of this team for the next little while. Matt Eberflus is defensive coordinator, again, going his fourth year. I brought him up earlier. One of the smarter defensive minds in football. He will be no <laughs> – there's no secret of what he does. He runs zone, and he doesn't blitz. A lot of confusing coverages – a lot of confusing zones, a lot of moving parts. So that's not, I'm not saying Brandon Staley-like defense, but sort of similar to that, just trying to confuse you with the zone the zone schemes and different players dropping back in coverage, different players moving around. That's basically what they do on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the one the one kind of big hole on this defense is the, the deep pass. They were 27th against balls over 20 yards last year which is kind of an outlying stack considering they were seventh in DVOA in general. So I'm assuming teams are going to be kind of looking at that if they get their they get their stat playbooks on the coast. Like, hey, this is interesting. 
how to repeat them, go attack them deep. And you know what's interesting? Did you remember the Steelers Colts scheme last year when the Steelers went on a crazy second half run and they just started airing it out deep, airing it out deep, and it worked? Like yeah. I do think teams are gonna similarly do that. The, the Bills also hit them in the playoffs with that similar uh, similar strategy as well. Just again, I, I, um, there's not much to run over on the roster side. So they're bringing back everyone. Basically, Xavier Rhodes resigned. Rocky Sin will be the second cornerback. Julian Blackman and Kari Willis are probably one of the better safety duos in the NFL. The big kind of X factor on the, the defensive side of the ball is Quiddy Pay, like the first round pick. If he pops early, then they can just get even extra pass rush juice. I'm assuming my overall take on this defense, I'm assuming they're going to be around that 7 to 10 DVA range. They were really good at the beginning of the year and they slowed down. So I'm assuming you're probably going to see, like, like I said, there was a middle ground to it. 7 to 10 is kind of the range you're looking at. And overall take, I, I do think that there's a high floor to this team. Like, I don't think, like, again, I know I said there's a wide range, wide range of outcomes with Wentz. I, I would probably take away the 28th worst quarterback in the NFL. I'm assuming he's going to be at least top 20. If he's just at least top 20, this team does have a high floor. Again, Frank Reich is 28 and 20 with this football team over the last four seasons. So he does. He's able to get wins on the board. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some guys. There's some guys on offense in defense that could pop. Like I said, Quiddy Pay, Paris Campbell coming off of injury. He's uh, he's been he's been banged up. Getting him back is huge. He was such a good football player at Ohio State when they drafted him in the second round. And like Michael Pittman, what if he takes like a huge step up too? So there are some there's some interesting guys here that can kind of take big jumps up. I I do think that there's they're not the division winner though. I, I do think the division winner is the next team we're talking about. But I do think they'll have a high floor and they'll be right in the kind of the AFC playoff picture. Yeah, and that record, Frank Reich, twenty eight and twenty. That's in four seasons with or three seasons with three different quarterbacks. Exactly. He's now going on to his fourth quarterback, which. <laughs> Um, that speaks to him as a head coach that he's able to win as a team. He doesn't necessarily rely on the quarterback. And I mean, I Philip Rivers got this team to the playoffs last year. Carson mm-hmm. Wentz can be Philip Rivers yeah. and get this team to the playoffs. So I do agree with you that this is a, a high floor team, and it's just it's based off the roster. They've gone they've done a nice job um building this roster as a whole. And you know Frank Reich's confidence like, in this group. Like he, they don't go yeah. and trade for Wentz. They don't go trade for this huge contract. Like yeah. you know that he's bank, like he's banking on himself. And I trust Frank Reich. Like, I think he's a great football coach. So I'm going to take his benefit of the doubt first before I. But yeah. if he does fail, then I'm assuming they will be quick to move off of him. They only have him for two years, right? Like I'm assuming they can bench him again. And I, who knows? But I, yeah. I do think that there's there's just confidence in the building that they can move Carson Wentz back to his at least 2018 2019 version of himself all attention listeners across the galaxy all the way from australia to houston do we have a pube problem if so our friends at manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0 kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0 the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code DOINK. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. 
Lawnmower 4.0 has 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch, and can even is even waterproof. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code DOINK at manscaped.com. Alrighty, on to our last team, the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans. They finished last season 11 and 5. And this Titans team, they've been a different offense ever since Ryan Tannehill arrived on the scene. In his 26 starts, the Titans are 18 and 8, and their offense has ranked first in EPA per play. Last year, I questioned the big time contract for Ryan Tannehill. Boy, was I wrong. He deserved every penny he got. He He's established himself as a top-tier quarterback in the NFL, and I, I expect the same things going forward considering the weapons he has. Um, the offseason was a little lackluster, and then they made a big splash by trading for Julio Jones. So the we- those weapons that Ryan Tannehill has to work with, they're Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. I would argue that's probably the league's most talented trio of skill position players. Um, However, the Titans, they did lose offensive mastermind Arthur Smith to the Falcons. So even though we might love the ingredients, we are unsure about the chef. I think it's 100% the best trio of our receivers, by the way. Just to get that Yeah, Yeah, I I think it is as well. Uh, In 2019, Henry rushed the ball 303 times. History would suggest that there is normally steep regression for a running back after 300 rush attempts, but holy moly did Henry buck that trend. He went for 2,027 yards last year, and he ran the ball 378 times. That is like, I don't know how, he must have been having an ice bath every day this offseason. 378 carries is crazy um regression has to be coming for derrick henry that's that's over that's 607 680 carries over the last two years that's 150 more than any other running back in the nfl over that time period aj brown has emerged as an elite wide receiver he averaged 17.4 yards per catch last year and only Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson were better in terms of yards per route run he ranked third in that category Fourth in that category would be his new running mate, Julio Jones. Uh, Jones is now 32. There are some injury question marks that come with him. He only played in nine games last year, but when he was on the field, he performed like his 2.6 yards per route run, which ranked fourth in the NFL. Johnny Smith moved on to the Pats, so it will primarily be Anthony Fersker at tight end for these guys. Uh, He was pretty productive in his playing time last year. Uh, he he should be a full-time player this year. The O-line excels at run blocking, ranking second in the league in adjusted line yards. And the O-line was only 24th in plas- pass block win rate, so hence why Arthur Smith called play action on a league high 32.7% of plays last year to help out his pass blocking. Uh, the interior of the O-line is the strength, with Ben Jones at center and Roger Saffold at guard. Both are very solid, but are 32 and 33 respectively. Taylor Luan will be back after tearing an ACL last season and is also 30. Dennis Kelly has moved on at right tackle, so right tackle is expected to be second-round rookie Dylan Reddins. Um, if this O-line holds up, it will be an elite unit. I think there are this, – this O-line has more question marks than – 
than I think people realize. But still, this is a top 10 floor type unit. This offense is loaded. I agree. Um, they're they're like they're they're just their left side. Taylor Lewan, Roger Apple is like that's as good as left side of the offensive line as you can get. Yeah, exactly. Um, so offense has nothing to worry about. Defense, however, this was the 29th ranked unit in DVOA last year, and they did make some moves to upgrade the unit. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing if you think that uh, if you like these moves or not. Uh, they're looking at five new starters, two on the D-line in Bud Dupree and Danico Autry, and three new cornerbacks in Janoris Jenkins, Christian Fulton, and Caleb Farley. Bud Dupree's the biggest name of the bunch. He's coming off a torn ACL. And throughout his career, he's really only been a successful player when opposite of TJ Watt. Um, Dupree, in his first couple of years in Pittsburgh, was almost labeled as a bust. And then TJ Watt came on the other side of him. And that is when Dupree blossomed into a pretty good pass rusher. This team was the worst in the NFL last year versus tight ends and did nothing to help that. They were also last in the NFL, allowing 51.8% of third downs to be successful. I that's got to be better this year. It can't be that bad again. Uh, cornerbacks needed to be improved upon badly. Janoris Jenkins, I'd say he's a middle of the pack type corner, but he's now 33. The two other corners are young and have a lot of potential. Fulton was a second round last year. He played a little bit last year and really struggled, but he's only 22. He's supposed to be a starter this year. Caleb yeah. Farley. Well, maybe far like I'm like I'm bet you they're banking on Farley taking over either a Jenkins or a Fulton spot. Like that's probably be ideal. Like yeah. I, I think well, it'd be good enough. Got to play the slot. Well, yeah. Um, Caleb Farley's this year's first rounder. He has extreme talent, but rumors were some teams didn't even have him on their draft board due to back injuries at college. Um, so he's got to stay on the field for him um him to be a successful player. I'm really low on this defense. I don't see Bud Dupree coming in and being an alpha pass rusher and having success. I like the Danico Autry signing. He's a good player. He's decent against the pass, but good against the run as well. And the secondary, even though they they brought in some guys, I I'm not a fan of. I think Janor, I think Janoris Jenkins instead of Malcolm Butler is a lateral move at best. And then you're banking on two really young corners to to improve on the a 29th ranked DVOA defense. I I'm low on it. I think that this team's going to win the division, but I don't think they have a shot at winning a playoff game with this poor defense. It's funny. I, I think Danico Autry might be turn out to be a better player for the the Titans than Bud Dupree was. Yeah, they got I, him I, for a ton of less money. I completely agree with that. Yeah. So I think this defense. You're looking at two things here. You're looking at Caleb Farley. How good can he be out the gate? We've seen rookie quarterbacks some like sometimes they can be like studs. And Farley has all the talent in the world. The talent it's not the talent issue; it's the injury issues that was been his problem throughout um, his career at Virginia Tech. So we'll see if he can just be good enough to be a starter. Can Janoris Jenkins recapture some some pass play? Can Christian Fulton step up? So like, second, yeah, like but who knows? It, it, it like crazier stuff has happened. Um, but like, and also like, I was trying to, I was looking up while you were, uh, while you were talking, the defensive coordinator that they just brought in Shane Bowen, like kind of his history and what defense they're going to run. So he's a Romeo Cornell, um, disciple. And that, that doesn't excite me very much either. Like he, when he was, um, helping out Cornell in Houston, 
not a lot going on there on that defense. So like, I don't have a lot of faith in the defensive coordinator as well. But yeah, so like the secondary, you're kind of banking on like a Farley or Fulton to step up. And the guy that I love on this defense that you didn't really bring up is Jeffrey Simmons. I think he can be a monster this year. He's got all the talent in the world. He was a guy I was so in love with coming out of the draft here. He's got like wrecking ball ability. Like he, he's got top five defensive tackle ability in the NFL. They're looking for him. Like if he can take a huge step up, if Bud Dupree can, I, I don't think he's ever going to make up or ever going to play up to the contract that he signed. But if he can even just somewhat do it, then maybe. I don't know. I, I do. There another thing too. Did you like? Did you bring up like um, like the there's some regression style here with Tennessee. Like mm -hmm. they got a like they were third in turnovers last year. They were yeah, seven and two in one score game. Yeah. So that stuff can flip, right? Yeah, and they were sixth best in terms of in injury luck, uh, third best in turnover luck, and seven and two in one score games. Those are technically traditionally the stats that are very hard to do year after year. So there could be regression there, but this, this, uh, this division isn't that good. Like I, I think they're going to get to 10, 11, 12 wins and people are going to buy into them. But I think that they're fraudulent. I think that this defense is not nearly good enough. You brought up, you brought up Simmons. He's a good player. He had one sack last year. He's supposed yeah. if he's a game wrecker, he's got to get to the quarterback more. He's really good against the run. His pass rush win rate severely dropped last year. He's got to get back to the his form in 2019. But I they're banking so much on Bud Dupree being a being an immediate immediate pass rush specialist guy who gets home and I just don't see it him not being with TJ Watt and coming off a torn ACL that was kind of late in the year. It's not even sure if Bud Dupree is going to be ready week one. So I'm really low on this defense, but this offense is will carry them to the playoffs. Julio Jones and AJ Brown is like just I can't think of a scarier wide receiver duo than that. Like I and they're so fun to watch. Like AJ Brown is one became one of my favorite players, not in, as a Philadelphia Eagle. Like I love. Love his style of game. Love the way he plays. And Julio Jones, well, like, it just – I don't know. Like, I, I think it would be hard for Todd Downing to step in and just, like, completely screw up his offense. Like, I'm sure Arthur Smith, like, put the keys in the ignition and all he has to do is turn them. Like, if that's a good metaphor, I don't know how else to put it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know if like, losing Arthur Smith is just the biggest deal in the world. I, yeah, I, just, I mean, Downey was on Arthur Smith's staff last year. He was the tight ends coach, so he yeah. should – he should – like you say, just turn the keys in the ignition. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of wondering the Julio Jones addition with AJ Brown. Is that, is that going to take the ball away from Derrick Henry more, cause them to throw the ball a little more? Their offense is, was amazing running the ball. So does Julio Jones make them try to maybe force in more throws, which might, not work with Tannehill. I don't. I don't know. I think they'll be fine, but I think it might start slow. If you if you know what I'm trying to say, so like the basketball implementation, only one ball. Like only yeah, one ball can go I, around, I right? think it will. It, the offense might look a little um, sluggish at start, but by the end of the year, this offense will get humming. All righty, me and Eric will be back later this week, coming at you with the AFC West that will finish up the AFC conference in total. Um, this has been going awesome. Been learning so much, Warren. Just kind of diving into this, getting more excited um, day by day for the NFL season. Again, make sure to check, make sure to check out AFC East 
in the AFC North previous episodes. Yep. And then again, AFC West later this week. We'll yep. talk to you we're, then. we're under a month away now. Right. Exactly. It was a month, month yesterday, right? Well, yeah. Yep. So we're almost almost there, guys. Almost there. And we'll be right there with you, breaking down every division. Talk to you later.